Hey everyone, and welcome to Demon Slayer Chronicles, episode 26, the final episode of the first season of Demon Slayer, the anime. This is a weekly podcast where each and every week we have dug into the episode of the first season of the anime, alongside its characters, lore, and more. I am your host, Andrew Nimsgern, and along with me for this entire journey and going forward is James Graham and Dylan Beal. How are you guys feeling knowing that it's coming to an end for now? At least our recording schedule. I'm sad. I'm sad that this is ending because it's it's felt like a journey because like um I heard this show was so good and I heard everyone ranting and raving about it and it was like Dylan you need to watch it watch it watch it and you guys were like Dylan you need to watch the show and so when we finally decided to do it and I jump into it I am now fully on board. I am a Demon Slayer fan. Wow. Good show. It's kind of like this is one of the most popular anime released in the last year. <laughs> yep, you, yep, you are absolutely late. This is not anything revolutionary that you're claiming right now. You just sound kind of dumb for saying it now for the first time. And not just now. Yeah. Not just now when we're recording. Now when you guys hear this episode. Oh, yeah. And it's like October. You'll be hearing Everyone will be hearing this. Like the week before the movie comes out, which is going to be incredibly hype. And now Dylan's saying Demon Slayer is a good anime no i i'm saying i agree with the consensus that it's good i'm not saying that my opinion's new i'm saying everyone says it's good i'm on board now i'm a bandwagoner and i I, i'll people people have judged the show show before me just means just means i didn't i didn't i i I watched it and if it was crap i would have skipped out on it because i'm a bandwagoner well we can continue to talk to you thank god but we can also listen to both of you stumble through our opener one last time for the first season of the anime. I have never stumbled through the intro before. But You're not even saying your intro right now. Well, I was going to get to it, okay? If you want to hear Andrew bully me throughout the whole show, make sure you tell your friends about us uh, so that we can keep going because it means the world to us if you tell your friends about us and leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. And if you have any suggestions for segments, like Andrew just bullying Dylan the entire time, or have any questions, comments, or concerns, maybe about Dylan's well-being, let us know. Let us know for, on Twitter at popped underscore off, or email us at contact at poppedoff.com. And like I said last week, we are still talking through what exactly the next steps are going to look like for Demon Slayer Chronicles. Obviously, the movie is coming out within a couple of weeks of this episode going live. But that is still five months away from when we're actually recording the episode. So we're going to talk it through. And by the time the movie comes out, this episode comes out, we'll have an idea of what's going on. So make sure to stay updated with us on social media and all that so you can keep in touch with what we're doing. Because we want to keep doing this. And we hope to hear from all of you guys about what you want us to do. But with that said, let's jump into episode 26, the season finale, New Mission. Tendiro continues to train against Kanao, with the two of them being evenly matched, with the last cup game ending up being a 10-10 score. Then, in a weird mansion-like place, we see the lower six of the 12 Kazuki are, have been summoned to Muzan. They are all killed one by one as he no longer believes that the lower six serve any purpose and that they're more or less just weak and don't really be, aren't really needed anymore. One of the lower six that seem a little especially twisted that enjoy watching the other die is instead not killed by Muzan, but instead given more of his blood and told to prove himself is to go and kill Tanjiro, or more likely the one with his special earrings. 
Tanjiro and Ko's new mission has now been given to him and they are to join Rengoku on a train where at least 40 people have gone missing. We learn that Tanjiro was recommended for the mission by Shinobu and that he has exceeded her expectations and that the master kind of agrees and agrees that he has high kind of hopes for him as well, especially in his mission against Muzan. Tanjiro goes and speaks with Kanao as he um, begins to get ready to leave and Kanao flips a coin and finally speaks to him as he landed on heads instead of tails. She's not actually mute, she just never flipped the coin the right way. Tanjiro takes the coin after talking with her a little bit and flips it high up into the air and saying that if this lands on head, you have to start following your own heart instead of the coin. It lands on head and Kanao thinks that, um, Kanao asked how he made it fall that way. Like, what, how did you cheat? How did you make it do that? He said it was actually just by chance, but he was going to keep on going until it did hit heads. And in that moment, there's the rush of wind and Kanao falls in love. That's pretty much just how that goes. That's now canon now. So we're just going forward accepting that. But the main group heads out to begin the train station. But before he leaves, uh, Zanetsu gets roasted one more time by the three twins. And Inosuke, once arriving at the train station, is freaked out by the train. Tanjiro, being the country bumpkin he is, thinks it's some magical protector, while Inosuke believes it's the master of the land and tries to fight it. Zanetsu, for once, seems like the smartest three out of the group. But the guards at the station call the cops on them as they have swords and they're making a commotion. And they all jump on the train as it starts to leave. We see them on the back of the train. Rengoku sitting inside of it. And that twisted demon from the lower six that received the blood standing on top of the train. And the season begins to fade to black as the music kicks in. We get a couple of badass hype scenes throughout the season. And that is how we end the first season of Demon Slayer. So... Getting a little bit of shivers just thinking about that last kind of music going in the end. We have the perfect setup for the movie, which comes out in October of 2020, which is a couple weeks for anyone listening now. And probably one of my favorite seasons of anime ever. What do you guys think? Are we going for like a like a season overview kind of thing? Is that what we're going for first? Let's start with the episode, but I just kind of made some statements there. All right. The first thing I want to bring up, I, we got to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Why is Muzan hot as hell right now? Yeah, he is he is looking fine. Like why okay, okay, first of all, is he is he just in just in disguise? It can he actually transform his appearance? Like like I couldn't tell from the scene cuz like I I think I think Muzan has a um not super masculine uh you know, he's got an androgynous androgynous. Yeah, yeah, so like a little bit of hair and makeup can go a long way, so I could accept that, but I can also accept Muzan just has these crazy powers and for some reason decided just to uh, shapeshift a little bit and look like a woman here. Well, like so the lower six didn't recognize him right away, and it wasn't until he spoke and that he felt his presence that that you realized it was him. So if he can transform, it's not well known, and clearly no one else has ever seen him as a, at least the lower six has not seen him as a woman. So that's the only facts we do kind of know at this point. If he can transform, I mean, he is the creator of demons who have a ton of like blood arts and he's eaten god knows how many so he probably has every single power in the book so i would just believe it's transformation that he kind of uses to keep living on this life that he is like we don't know what muzan actually looks like this could have been his 20th body 20th form that he just does for this new lifetime so i don't know i i don't know what it actually comes from but any outcome would make sense to me at this point. If he actually took over a new body, if he transformed, if that's what he actually looks like, they all make sense to me. Another question, the mind reading thing. 
do you think that mind reading well it, it's a little hard to say but like do you think do you think mind reading is a demon blood art he knows or maybe it's connected with him um giving his blood um to the other people because i was trying to think about this because uh, he has a lot of power but is is the mind reading power directly connected um to the fact that he's giving his blood to other people or is this just a power because if it's just a power then like i don't know how tanjo is going to do it like he should muzan's just gonna be too strong he's gonna beat his ass all the time um but but if it's maybe just just the blood thing um then that makes a lot more sense and then also there could be a really cool interaction because like nezuko has muzan's blood presumably has muzan's blood so like oh maybe there's a mind reading thing there and that's also really cool there's layers to that holy shit there, there was just a lot going on in the scene <laughs> that has a lot of implications i think yeah i didn't James, you can take this one yeah yeah i did not think that deep into it when i first saw it because i thought it was like okay well like it was it was your original thought it was he gave them their blood so like he has that inert like connection to them because they he basically has a part of them similar to, like what happened where he kind of like gave the dude more of his blood and he actually got a memory from him so or i don't even think it was a memory from muzan it was a memory that looked because given this scene in the backdrop it looked like a like a memory from Rui when he was fighting him up in the mountain and stuff like that right so i think the, it's more of a connection to muzan more than a base mind reading thing but we don't really have a whole ton of interaction with Muzan, right? Like, we really don't. As far as him interacting with other Demon Slayers, the general public, the last couple general public we've seen people he interacted with, he can't even either end up killing them or turning them into demons, right? So, I don't really know. It's like, it is, it is a really good question. My interpretation was always, they're a part of him, so he's got this connection, and he's more powerful, so he can read their minds, they can't read his. That's kind of how I took yeah. it. I kind of agree it's part of the curse, because you got to remember, this is also a dude that can instantly kill a demon that says his name. Like, you have to be some kind of connection with that curse, that when that blood is inside him, that he just always knows what they're saying and doing, pretty much. So I think it's more along that line that it's just part of the curse that he somehow developed. That's not very clear of how he did that, but if he can tell when someone says their name, he can definitely tell the thoughts of someone sitting feet in front of him. It's just kind of how I always understood it, when thinking, like, how big of making arms appear out of someone is. Mind reading seems pretty tame. It seems low on the scale, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that does beg the question of, like, what does this mean for Nesco? Like, this is pretty crazy because it's, like, the whole point that we're kind of getting at right now um, is that Tandro is traveling Nesco and, like, they, they want to turn her into a human, like, lift this curse or whatnot. But ultimately, he's just constantly pushing towards Muzan. And if Muzan has these abilities that are directly connected with demons... And we're presuming that he makes all demons. That means he made Nesco, and then he has these same exact powers over Nesco, which I think is like, it's like a ticking time bomb that that we we can see is happening, and we're just like, no, please don't let this. Ha-. Like, it's it, it just like taking a look back. You're like, what's gonna happen here? But she's also unique. That she was turned the same way as every other demon. She doesn't eat blood. She but we don't. Um, but we don't know. Recover. We don't know the negatives don't apply to her either. We don't know she over. But we don't know they do for a fact, though. No, like, it, no but that's the different point. in every other way. That's the point is we don't know these things. And so it's like, what is going to happen here? Because, like, it, it's a total wild card. Yes. But also, the 12 Gazuki have received, assumably, more blood than Nezuko. Because I'm assuming, like, all he had to do to turn the one guy into a demon was just scratch him. Like, maybe that's all Muzan did to Nezuko. But we know with the 12 Kazuki, they were all received at least a little bit of, like, purposeful blood. 
So that connection and the curse could be more powerful with them because we don't know how much blood Nezuko got or why she was turned or anything kind of like that. So I, I agree, but we also don't know for a fact that he has it over all demons. We just know for a fact right now he has it over the Kazuki. Because if he really had it with like all demons, wouldn't he even able to hunt down like Tamiyo and all that a lot quicker before like she got rid of the curse? So I believe there might be some limitations on it, but it is like it's not a thought process I've ever had, Dylan. So it is a really good thought process. I'm not shutting it down, but I'm just saying there's also cases and a ton of situations where we know it doesn't go into effect, or we can kind of assume it doesn't go into effect. It could also be a range thing too, and like like, and I mean, Muzan seems like more of like a big picture dude. So like one rogue demon doesn't seem to like. I don't think in his grand scheme of things he's gonna be like. That's an issue. I need to catch this. You know what I mean? Does he even know about Nezuko at this point? Do we know he knows about Nezuko? I don't think so. We know he knows about Tanjiro. That's Tanjiro. The, yeah. yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's the big one. So we don't even know, like, and, like, the, the mind reading thing could be, like, a range thing, too. You know what I mean? Like, it could be, yeah. like, they need to be somewhere close to him. And the curse still heavily affected two demons that we don't know how much blood they got, but we know they weren't 12 Kazuki. Arrow and mm. the ball check, right? Um... So, and, like, we saw what happened to that. So, it's, I think, with that, it's safe to assume that the curse affects all of them. Because we also saw the lesser, like, uh, you know, Swamp Demon didn't want to say his name and stuff like that. Because he knew it would happen. True. So, and these are definitely, like, on the power scale, significantly lower, right? So, I think that's safe to assume. Which may be why Nezuko still wears the bite. Because, like, I mean, she She says... She speak, though. We haven't seen her speak, so... Well, she might be able to talk. I don't know, but she says his name. She's kind of screwed, right? So, right? So, um, another thing that, not necessarily questions for you guys, but just things I want to say out loud. Just just the, the, the fortress, the, in, in, what was it, what's it called? The, like, the multi-dimensional fortress or something crazy? Like. Sure. What the hell? What is it? People are standing, standing on the ceiling. Dude's got it's his own the interdimensional fortress, dude. Like, yeah, that, that stuff's he's crazy. a true super villain. He's, um, the, he's, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Um, the only thing I didn't like about this scene is that it it really leaned into the CGI on it, and you it could did. really tell because it because there was like scenes of like where things were moving and there was blood of where it was very clearly CG and it looked. I'm gonna honestly, it looked bad. Um, but then it would cut to a scene of like somebody and their face, and it would just be like amazing art like crisp clean like like the different like um like colors on the screen all just look beautiful and then we would just cut to this like bad cg blood which i it, one of my it, that might be one of my favorite scenes because the color palettes of like just all the demon designs too um with all the blood just it was incredible but then they kept cutting to the bad cg yeah it, it actually might be like one of the only times the show has really just like blatantly had it out there and they haven't really tried to cover it up you know what i mean like the other scenes we've seen a lot of cg used in like we've said countless times before like you don't really notice it unless you're looking for it and then you kind of can't stop looking away from it. but this it's like you don't even look for it it's like in your face there and you just kind of have to deal with it but like yeah like it was like it was really well done with all the switching like of like perspective orientations and stuff like that like really really cool yeah, because uh, the, the whole point behind it is that animation is incredibly expensive, especially if you're doing fights. Um, mm. Like, it's a very common joke on, like, whenever there's a really good fight, um, people will say, well, that's the budget for the season. There's the budget, yeah. And that it's very true. And so, like, I 
am okay with them doing really cool fights like we had all season because we had some incredible fights. Um, if they're able to pad it a little bit um, with CG and use CG in a scene like this so that we can have really good fights like like uh, like the whole, like the end, the two fights with Rui. Like, we had those. They were incredible. You know what? Honestly, do this, do, do this scene in CG if it's going to save a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Seriously. But I guess the next thing after that is, I mean, we kind of have the setup for the movie. We kind of know who the villain is now. We get the back. That's kind of what the whole on part was. We're introduced to the villain, which you see kind of at the end. It's going to be on a train, and from all we know is that they're going to be teaming up with the um, fire... Hashir, not flame. No flame. Very different. No, he is. He's the flame. No, Hashir. it is flame. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fire dancing. I got this screwed up. Yeah, it's all good. But so, from what we know right now, how excited are you guys for the movie? So we know that two of the dummies don't know anything about what trains are. So that's a part of it. We know who the villain is, and we know they're going to be with a Hashir that we really have no interaction with. So just based off the little information we have, how are you guys feeling about the movie? So I want to talk about movie, the movie, and accessibility. Because um, I think the movie is like, it's good and bad. Um, so this is not necessarily about the show or the series, but kind of like a meta level discussion. Um, I I really like the fact that they're turning this because this happened. This is a this is an important arc. It's not like a a special animation only thing. This is like part of the story, the actual story. It is the next arc of the manga that they're doing as a movie, which I like it because I've had a lot of times where I was reading stuff. I'd go, this would make a really good movie. Like, if you just put this arc into a movie. I like that aspect, but I also don't like that it it muddies the water a little bit in terms of, like, keeping up with the story. Because, like, if you're watching the show, presumably whatever you're watching it on is going to stay in that format. So if you watch this live on TV, um, or if you have, like, a Crunchyroll account or whatever, you could presumably watch the, the next, the, all the seasons on that as they come out. But with the movie, it now throws this weird thing into the mix of where it's like, all right... Like, Hulu would have to be smart enough to count this as season two. Or you would have to go out and get it, um, or you would have to hope it's on your streaming platform, or, like, you're going to have... And, and then plus, not only that, but... So we're rec also recording this kind of, like, in the midst of the COVID pandemic. It also raises the question of, maybe we might not be able to go to movie theaters. What does that mean if we can't go to movie theaters? Is it going to be straight to streaming? Like, like wh what does that mean, like, for, for us as viewers? And so... I, and we can compare this with like uh, the uh, My Hero Academia movies that um, aren't part of the 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 like the story really, um, it, which is very different than this. Because like if you skip those movies, you're basically kind of fine. Um, but for this, you you have to like kind of watch it. You have to watch it because it's yes, it's you it's will part of the series. Be confused because uh, depending on how long the movie goes, like. The next arc pretty much just covers, like, the ramifications of the movie. That's not spoilers. Obviously, when something happens in the arc, it always happens to fall. Like, you have to deal with the repercussions. Like, they either have to skip, like, a big chunk of the manga if they just go straight into season two and, like, pretend the movie doesn't happen. Or someone's going to come in and deal with all the ramifications and be like, what the hell happened? And you have to just be smart enough or know kind of in advance. Like, hey, so you hope, like, someone like Verve or uh, Crunchyroll, like, they'd be smart enough, like, you know when you have like little drop downs, they would mark this as season two. But like if this was on Hulu, would they do that or Netflix and that kind of stuff? And I kind of agree with that. Or maybe the deals don't go through because movie deals are usually different than television deals. So I do agree that it can be a pain. 
but I, you just kind of hope that it does. You just kind of hope this works out. Like no matter what we say or do, it's all interesting. I, I kind of like it because I think this next arc is perfect for a movie. I don't think we need a full 13 episode arc to this next one. I think the two hour movie I'm assuming is going to be is the perfect time frame for it. But um, I do understand the pros and cons of it, but I think this is going to be the best for it. Even if it does make watching it a little harder, it still makes the overall experience more enjoyable than either fluffing this out or not doing it enough justice. This is the best way to do it. Yeah. I do I do hope that... Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I do hope there's like a degree of a like a disclaimer, I guess, going into the, the, the season that like follows it up. Like, maybe in, like, the first, like, five minutes of the first episode being, like, hey, if you haven't seen this, like, there is some major plot points. There's, like, you're you're going to spoil a lot for yourself if you just jump right into this. Please try to watch this. Almost to try and catch it. Like, I know that's a really, like, heads-up thing for a either a public, like, a an anime publisher to do or, like, for the, uh, for the, the manga creator to be, like, you guys need to put this in. Like, but, like... I hope that's the case because yeah, like there is so many variables that you can't really predict the, the outcome of that. You don't want the show to be kind of like, you don't want it to lose its, 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 uh, I guess it's reputation in somebody's eyes because you're like, what, what just happened? You know what I mean? And you have no real way of, unless you have to like Google it or you get like, you want really want to like cut down the extra steps that somebody has to go to do to get the answers that they need. Right. But I agree. I, I agree with all this. I think it's all a really good conversation. But I think you should really try to bring it back to the actual last. I know you have. Okay. Quick point, Dylan. We got to talk about the actual. We're 20 minutes in and we've talked about the actual episode for like four minutes. Kissanime.ru. Oh my gosh. Shut up. <laughs> We're not promoting that here. Um, okay. So you don't go back to the question. Based off what we learned in this episode, are you guys excited for the movie or not? That's where yes. all this question came from. Of course. Absolutely. Rengoku's in it. That's all I need. I don't even need the other three to be in it. I just if I had a whole movie about Rengoku, I'd be happy. I I, I do want to learn more about him. Um, he kind of gave off, he gave off this like I I don't know maybe like arrogant like uh like tone to him the first time we we saw him. And I I we were talking about this a little bit before of where I don't like most of his Shira because they they're like they're kind of mean. They're mean. They're mean. <laughs> I don't like them. I want to like them. And slowly but surely we're, we're getting there. I like uh, Shinobu. I I like her now. I as a character I think she's cool. I'm down with her, you know? Uh, that's the uh, what, what they call him persona. The social link. That's boom. Okay. We got the social link with her. Thumbs up. Now I'm ready for the flame Ashira. Give us the social link with him. All right, we're cutting you off. We're cutting you off. This is that's that's the last time you hear Don't talk this episode. But I guess, so with that then, we do have a quick interaction with Tanjiro and the very angry man from Final Selection. Doesn't speak back, doesn't really even acknowledge Tanjiro. The dude's an absolute unit of a man. Absolute um, unit. But, like, not in, like, the way that, like, you know, something is just fat. He, the guy's built like a brick shit house. No, so like, he's huge. He's, like, Tanjiro's really short and this dude's just huge. But, yeah. So it's hard. I don't know what do you guys really think about him. We don't know much about him, but it's interesting that he brought he's brought back up in the very last episode. So I don't know if he's going to play a role in the movie, if he's going to just, I don't know, kind of reminding people that he's there. I don't know. What do you guys think? I completely forgot about this dude. I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot. Um, and so like it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You were also <laughs> in final selection because I think it was a thing of that. Like I just like focused on like the main crew so much. Um, and then we, when we got Kano, it was like, oh, yeah, that's also right. I She's remember you there. now. 
And then they could just say anyone was that final selection. You just no. They they could say anyone was there and have maybe a little flashback with like Tandro looking at that person. I would go, oh, I guess they were <laughs> there. So um, I don't know. I'm excited. I I I I. I I'm glad they're finally circling back on it. Um, will it pay off? Hopefully it pays off. Hopefully yeah. it's like a So a cool many thing. characters we know nothing about, but they've just briefly introduced, and that's another one. Like so this who, is something that... Go ahead. Yeah. Like, who is the other um, uh, Thunder person that was that was learning under the old man? That was man? there for, like, a whole episode, and that's like... Like, yeah, who like, is that? We don't know. It could be yeah. could it be something one, someone important? Could they show up again in three seasons? Maybe. Could they never show up again? Maybe. Probably. <laughs> So this is he actually like his uh his presence in the final selection and in the intro because he is always in the intro every time and then I was like I kept being like man I can't wait to see him again man I can't wait to see him again because he's got like he's got this really cool pissed off badass aesthetic that I'm like I really want to see more of this character and then I I literally sat there I'm like episode twenty five I'm like I've gone this entire season without seeing this one character that I'm super interested in, except for this, like, maybe, not even five minutes. Like, final selection scene was not that long. And I'm like, where the fuck is this guy at? And then finally, episode 26, I, that's what I get. And I was like, man, like, come on. I was actually really upset with how little interaction we got with him, because I was super excited to see what he was all about. So I think they probably kept him in the intro so we didn't forget about him. Um, but you did <laughs> luckily, luckily enough i only listened to the intro i end up not watching it because like i'll put it on and i start getting because uh whenever i watch these uh episodes i like get my notes out and stuff like that so most of the time i'm like finishing up what i'm doing i'm getting my notes out while i'm listening to it and i never actually watch it and so like uh, yeah i guess i missed out on the whole point of him being in the intro in the entire the entire like scene in him in the intro is him walking down a hallway which is like what he does here too so it's like Come on, man. I I know I was bummed. This that might be one of my one of my only gripes with this series is that I <laughs> only saw him at the final selection in here. That's it. And then I guess the last thing we have to really talk about from the episode, unless you guys have any certain points, is the whole Kano interaction. I was waiting for how long, like, because you when you went from like Muzan to like the movie, I'm like, he's just gonna skip right over this. There's no way. Oh, hell <laughs> well, no, no we, I, we had a buffer I, it. We can't just be like, yeah, Muzan just absolutely murdered all these people. Anyways, let's talk about this cute <laughs> So the movie. Yeah, let's talk about the love interest. Like, no, you need, you need to put a gap in that, especially so. when OTP, right here. No other choice. I love these two. Kano's cute as hell. Tanjiro is just the nicest person in the world. How could he not fall in love with uh, the dude? They definitely dumbass, had a man. really good, like, interaction of, like, both of them sitting there side by side. Like, easily, like, like if you cut that out, like, sn- snip it right there, and you were just like, oh, yeah, here's a fan art of, like, them, because I really liked them as a couple. I'd be like, oh, yeah, the cool fan art. But, no, it's, like, a real thing. So, um, it, it was cool, and it, like, felt genuine. It wasn't, like, anything that people are, like, scrambling around be like, these these two characters they smiled at each other one time that definitely means something it was like no this is like an actual thing like it seems natural and it's like we'll put it on the back but again yeah bit. it's just going to who tanjiro is as a person like the whole tell your heart like isn't like oh i want you to talk to me anything like more it's like no like that's how he lives his life that's how people are the happiest like stop worrying about like what something else says and just go live your life like the whole interaction is just so yeah you said genuine and that's what makes it so much better. And that's ultimately what I think makes like the whole rush of air. Like, wow. Like this dude's like, because they even make mention in the flashback. Like, oh, one day everything will change when you fall in love, which pretty much gives away that she's kind of the love interest. It's kind of how I took that too. When that first happened. Um, 
So yeah, but it's just because Tanjiro's just being who he is and the same that we kind of he cries over pretty much every single demon he kills. It makes sense that he's caring enough that someone would kind of fall for him as well. So I love that. I, I love the whole interaction here. So genuine and the whole how did he make the coin flip? Just by chance. And I keep flipping it until I did. Like that's a good line too. That was that's a pickup line you could use and get away with in real life. I don't know, man. That was some like straight up Sailor Moon shit. Like and I love and like I haven't watched Sailor Moon. I, I appreciate the shit out of Sailor Moon, but like I don't know, man. The, like, the rush of air. Like, that was, like, the most anime thing I've seen in this show the it entire... It did feel out of place, it, yeah. Like, it did. It, it, it almost felt... F- that. Like, I mean, that's my only gripe, I think, with this interaction. Because I do agree, it's very into Tanjiro's character to try and, like, get this person to, like, come out of their shell and be themselves, right? But, like, that... I was just like, that That did not seem necessary. That seemed extra, so... But, I yeah. liked it. I liked the extra You did. Like, you would like it. I'm not surprised. It's great. Make me sick. But anything else from the after episode you want to talk about? No. No, I think we're done. Take it away, James. Yeah, so where this is the last episode of the season, um, we are still in talks about what we're going to do for like a season recap and all that good stuff. But I did kind of want to figure out and get everyone's opinions on who their favorite characters were throughout the entire season. Dylan, we're going to start with you. Swear to God, if you say Tanjiro, I'm going to be super pissed. Oh, man. This is actually really tough because um, there's so many really cool characters. Um, but I'm going to have to say um, I become a believer. And my favorite character is Inosuke. He's so funny. He's so funny. Like, I, like all his interactors, I can't help but laugh because they're just so funny. Um, I like his design because it's it's stupid it's such a stupid design but it works so well it's just like he was raised by boars and now he wears a boar boar head and he runs around and also by the way he's really pretty too like it's (laughs) it's so like everything about it is just so funny um and and i also like because it sets him up to be like he can also be a really cool fighter and have really cool like fighting moments like too it's not like he's anything to scoff at um so i think having both of those things is really cool and um, he he hasn't been an annoying character either, um, so I'm I'm excited. I, also, I really want just to see like what his like what he does when his breathing goes to like the next level because we've seen like a little bit of his beast breathing, but I, I want to see like the whole thing. I want to yeah. see him do like something sick. Nice. Okay, I like I like it. I'm glad you I'm glad you come around on the Anosuke hype because he is he is like one of the best characters of the show by far. Andrew, how about you, my friend? I'm in the boar gang. Oh, it's hard not to be. Boar like, gang, dude. Holy shit. I mean, he's one of my favorite characters from any anime ever. I think just so many. It just, I've said it before. All the things that put together that make up Inosuke do not make sense when on paper. But how well they pull it off is just so good. And then, like, obviously, I'm, I'm a big man character person. I love Tanjiro. But I just think Inosuke overshines Tanjiro in a lot of the scenes when they're both interacting or working together or anything like that. Like he's he's definitely the main character of a lot of episodes, a lot more than Tanjiro feels like sometimes, and I love that. Mm. Okay. Yeah that's which year is uh, James? So mine is actually not Inosuke. So Inosuke It's yeah. Giyu. It is Giyu. It of is course Giyu, it's but, Giyu. But okay, so like let me let me give my reasoning why it's Giyu. Because for the longest time actually when I was watching this both the the first time and this time as well like i've always really enjoyed zenetsu because I, I like not just because of how his character is and stuff like that but because of his breathing his breathing was always the dopest thing to me in the world like i loved how he like he's literally 
flashy without being flashy because everything is so fast and he's just done when he's when he's done his thing and i like i was always so excited to see him like harness that ability and see what it turns into right um but like nothing can really i can't really put a like a good like wording onto like how stoked i get when i see Giyu pop up and like and that i think it's one of those things where i like you get so little of him but every time he shows up for me i'm just like oh shit like it's it's going down and then like when you got the the like the fun interaction between him and shinobu i was like oh he's got some players to him he you know he's socially an idiot like i mean and then we get and then we get like dead calm like I don't know, man. Like, there's just, there's like two, it's like when dead calm happened, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Like the, he's like by far my favorite. Right. So, and he's got like, and he, and he gives a shit about Tanjiro Nezuko, right. Which he's the biggest outlier from the Hishira. He's not my favorite Hishira, but he's like, he's, I don't know. He's the most human out of all of them. So I, I totally agree. Um, he, he was, he is my number two. Um, so I, I see your line of thinking. I just want more of him. Like I, I just want that, like, I want that like backstory. Like I just want to like to see more scenes of him, like like not being here, or even actually just even more scenes of him in general. And I think he probably would be my number one. Yeah, Giyu grew on me a lot this rewatch. I didn't care for him. Like I didn't hate him, but I didn't love him near as much as I do now after the first watch through. So this one he's definitely grown on me. I think it's because of the hype you two have. For him <laughs> but yeah, no, that's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's your turn now, Dylan. The last secret of the season. It better be a good one. Here's a Taisho secret. So with leading into the movie, I thought it would be very appropriate to talk about trains. Um, specifically trains in Japan. Um, because now we see trains like the bullet train, um, the Shinkansen, as such a big part of like Japan when we view it from afar. It's like those, those trains are so fast. Um, but the first train in Japan was actually built um, right around this time in 1872 um which isn't very far away from what the time period is so it totally makes sense that they kind of don't know what trains are that's why they're so confused um but the first train like i said 1872 um was built between uh tokyo and yokohama that's where it led um this this time period is probably when there's a couple more trains so that's probably not the line that they're on um but at the time it only went about 20 miles per hour now this train might go a little bit faster but it's still not, you know, it's still not the like 300 miles per hour that we're, we're so used to with, with trains to Japan now. Um, and another um, interesting thing about it is that this was also the time of locomotives, um, that they're all basically run on just shoveling coal in that thing and making it go. Um, so still very, very early designs. Nice. Nice. I was actually like, I was actually curious, like, I guess that kind of like cements the time frame a little bit more. Like we, I know we've speculated like where it kind of is with like the time periods and stuff like that but it's nice to kind of get like that 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 range even more narrow to like actually like kind of put a like a pinpoint on it not bad dylan not bad and at all. andrew i like it I like andrew po- andrew pop quiz for you specifically who helped build the first train in japan do you know should i name a country who do you think it was china it was england I was gonna say I was gonna say Matthew C. Perry, but <laughs> Commodore Perry, Why? my boy. Commodore Perry, yeah, <laughs> Commodore uh, Perry. <laughs> no, stop it. But Dylan, James, thank you both for a full season of topics and secrets and all that. They're definitely been fun. Learned a lot of new things. I had a lot of really good conversations. But for the last time, for now, 
why don't we wrap up this episode of Demon Slayer Chronicles? Yeah, so despite the fact this is our end of our season run, we are going to continue on with Demon Slayer with any content that we can get our hands on. So tell your friends about us and leave us with that five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. I know it might be a turbulent time now. You might be saying they're at the end of the season. I love these guys so much. They're amazing. They give us the best content. What are we going to do? Don't worry. You can go to poppedoff.com or twitter.com slash popped underscore off because we do other stuff too. We do a lot of other hype content and we're going to be posting it there and we're going to be posting all about what's coming next for the podcast there as well. But with that, thank you all so much for taking along for the first season of Demon Slayer and Demon Slayer Chronicles. And we hope to see you back here next time. See you guys later. I'm